Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, this is Mel, and we've got another show on Narcissistic Central. And Lisa East got and I today, we're going to be discussing a really relevant topic and a lot of stuff around it. And what it's in relation to is in narcissistic situations and relationships, and there's plenty of them out there, it's an extremely, extremely confusing time. And Lisa and I are going to be talking about how to get clearer about that phenomenon that can occur whereby the narcissist is projecting his self onto you or herself in the case of a female narcissist and you can be extremely confused about whether or not you're actually narcissistic yourself. And I know I've had so many people come forward for healing and work on this and you know some people have contacted me straight off the bat and said, look, I think I'm the narcissist. And then when we've unraveled it and looked at it, I've been able to really clearly identify and help them get clear about what's been going on. So, so Lisa, hi. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. I know. We missed you last time because you had to be away with work. I did. I had to fly out of town last minute, so I appreciate your flexibility. Oh, look, that's all right, Lisa. I wing half of these shows anyway. So, <laughs> because, you know, we've always got, with this topic and so many other topics, which is just all about women getting empowered, exactly. you know, there's so much to talk about. I could it talk really for is. three days on my own. So, <laughs> yeah. so but it is lovely, lovely to have you here. Thank you, and, um, and I want to be here. Yeah, and I love you sharing your knowledge because, you know, you're great on this topic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've got lots to say on this topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, well, let's, let's get started on this. Okay. Let's talk about this because, you know, I've really noticed, I mean, I've been, um, you know, very, very heavily involved in working with women for the last two years with this. Yeah. And... And I know I went through this myself and I actually remember when I was still in my narcissistic relationship and I know I came across narcissism information and I actually remember that I did, you know, the really crazy thing that a lot of us do that, you know, I was thinking that, well, because he was high level NPD and I was, and it was ticking all the boxes and I thought, well, okay, maybe if I sit down with this person and maybe, you know, I go through these things, um, you know, there might be a bit of hope and he might recognize it and work on it, which really wasn't the right move to make. But, you know, and he really um, turned the whole thing around and, you know, started to say, well, hang on, you're this, you're that, you're the other, you do this, you do that. And... The, the really interesting thing was because I was so confused and I was so deranged and I was so in survival mode and all those sorts of things and so stripped of myself that, you know, I, I was looking at, because I'm a fair and reasonable person, really, right. you know, and, uh, I, I, and, and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, maybe you're right. <laughs> maybe they do that. I'm narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Well, they cause us to, to question ourselves. Uh, narcissists are brilliant manipulators and they really really feed on any you know any vulnerability that we have they know how to push our buttons they know how to make us question ourselves and so they do a really good job of projecting their is their what what's going on with them back on you in fact it was it was interesting just a real life story of this weekend I was at um we had a book fair in in Chicago it was a printer's or a lit fest and I had a guy stop by my booth and 
most guys that stop by the booth either give me a dirty look or say something rude because I have this huge It's All About Him poster. But this guy in particular said that his mother was a narcissist and that for years she always told him and her other sons that her husband, her two husbands, were narcissists and projected it onto them. And it threw him off, but he didn't realize until he was an adult that she was the narcissist. So I think it's very common for a narcissist to try to project that onto their significant other uh, because, for one, projection is, is a common thing, but two, they're manipulative by nature and they want you to question yourself and they want you to second-guess yourself so that you will be dependent on them. Wow. You know, that's so true, and that brings up for me a memory. As soon as you were saying that is, mm-hmm. you know, when I met my ex-narcissist, he'd had two previous wives, mm. and according to him and all of his family, that they had psychological disorders, they were nasty okay. women, um, oh, yes. they played up on him, they were after his money. Okay. So, you know, really... He had modeled them as a narcissist and, you know, and because I was madly in love and I thought he was wonderful, you know, I bought that very, very easily. But also I knew his family, I knew his sister and his sister had had believed Mm -hmm. that, you know, because that's what he he portrayed was that, that these women... Um, were nasty, they were manipulative, they were neurotic, mm-hmm. and uh, and everybody around him seemed to really believe that. Wow. Well, yeah, they they do a wonderful job of convincing people. Um, they huh? they just and they one of the things too is they it, one way of controlling us is to convince us that we have an issue or problem that only they understand because then we will become dependent on them. I remember countless times at the end of my marriage when I was explaining to my ex-husband why I was unhappy and why, you know, I just didn't, I, there was no love there. I knew he didn't love me. And, and one of his biggest defense mechanisms was to point out all these quirks about me and you know, blow them up, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, but, you know, when you're in that mode, like you said, that survival mode, you're, you, you're already kind of warped. They've, they've done a good job of, of, of manipulating you Absolutely. and brainwashing you to a certain extent. So they have this control and power over you that you don't even realize, and they get you to second-guess yourself. One of his biggest defense mechanisms was to tell me that I was so flawed and so strange and but he understood me. No one would understand me the way he understood me and that I'd never find anyone to understand me that way again. And that's how they try to keep you stuck because they want you to believe that only they can understand you and only they will find you lovable. And it's, it's, it's just more manipulation. It's more control. It's, it's really sad, and, and it is common. I mean, they definitely want, want to do that. And... and um, you know, the the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that a narcissist doesn't enter into a relationship to because of love. They they are incapable of feeling love. And I think that I think that there are three reasons why a narcissist enters into a relationship. I used to say there were two, and I added a third one as I was talking at the book fair all weekend. <laughs> the first one is, to, is they need someone around to stroke their ego. They have to have someone there to stroke their ego at all times. The second reason is they want someone to cater to their needs, cater to their needs, and the third reason is they need someone to control. Yeah, yes. And that's and if only... I can, I think that third reason, if I can just add a little sub-reason in there, and, yeah. I, and it's the same thing, yeah. you know, it's because of that continuing uh, critical super-ego super parental yeah. voice that they have in their head, which is constantly beating them up. It is. I really believe that they need that intimate partner mm-hmm. to dump that on, to attack, to, to and I don't think it's too strong a word to say, to maliciously maim, mm-hmm. to get a relief valve on that. Oh, I, I agree. They... They once you settle down with a narcissist, they do nothing but belittle and criticize. You can do absolutely nothing right. And what's what's so hard about it is you go from this place of being 
idealized. You were on this pedestal when he was trying to win you over, and he seemed like the most amazing man in the world. It's too good to be true, but it was an all—it was all an act. So you've fallen in love with an image of someone that doesn't exist. Once you settle down with him, he becomes controlling, manipulative, belittling, and critical. And yeah. you're wondering, what did I do wrong? Oh, my God, I did something wrong because the whole time he's brainwashing you to make you feel like you're no good. So yeah. it's really, it's a mind, F-U-C-K, if you will, if you ask me. Yeah, I we can say that. <laughs> I thought you never swear much. <laughs> People who know me know I never swear much. Yes, yeah. no, much. Anyway. <laughs> But you're right. It is. It is the biggest twisted, crazy thing yeah. that you could imagine. Yeah. And you know, and I think the big, big reason why narcissists need partners of supply, and let's get it really, really straight. Right. That you know, a lot of narcissists might have quite a few different people set up on that level. Yeah. It may not be exclusive. A lot of times, it's not exclusive. But right. when women are really hooked in on that level, right. I deal with them every day. I've got women getting off the hook that oh, I'm doing yeah. uh, quantum yeah. healing shifts and, and work with, you know. Uh -huh. And the narcissist is hanging on to them so that he can pull her in by a string, maim her, yeah. and yeah. then, you know, and then he gets to go, look how omnipotent I am that yeah. I can distress and hurt somebody this much. Like, yeah. he, unfortunately, it's sad. It's sad. So but they sad. get a huge kick out of that. Yeah, they do get a kick out of it. Well, and the thing I tell people, I get a lot on uh, my message board, people ask me, you know, well, why does he keep coming back? Why does he keep coming back? He must still love me if he keeps coming back. And and the only reason he keeps coming back, and it's really hard to tell people this, but until you accept it, you're not going to be able to maintain no contact or stay away, but the only reason he's coming back is because he is not getting enough supply from whatever his primary source of supply is at the moment, and that's attention, you know, and and, and we mistake that for, for love, and, and really, you know, a narcissist is so disconnected from himself that he has no inner sense of self. He he must be yeah. validated by others. If he's not, he feels dead inside. Yeah. He feels dead. And yeah. so he comes back to us because he knows at one time we did feed him that supply. It's like an addiction to him. And for some reason he's not getting enough of it or he's bored with his current supply or whatever reason it is. Yeah. And he comes back. And look, narcissists are greedy. They're greedy. They're, They're going to have quite a few... They, yeah. They're very greedy, and it's all about instant instant gratification and, and self-entitlement. So yeah. they may have four or five sources, mm -hmm. but, you know, if they lose a source, they're greedy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they you hate losing control. Oh, yeah. They hate it. They hate losing control. And the other thing, too, is Rick. they will come back. If they can't get a positive reaction out of you, they'll insult you just to get any reaction out of you because good or bad, all they need is a reaction out of you because they want to know that they still have an effect on you. That's right. And that's what a lot of people yeah, I get help. Yeah, like why would he come back just to insult me? Well, because he wants a reaction yeah. from you. He wants to know he still has yeah. some power over you. Mm -hmm. So it's it's, it's just really that. interesting with supply. I'm seeing like um you know, a lot of women doing no contact and and really the best way to do that is to change numbers, block emails, do oh, all yeah. the rest of it. Because uh -huh. If you don't, they'll keep trying. And, yeah. you know, and th and this is the stuff that is not rational. So, you know, a narcissist, I'll give you a really good example, and um, this lady may be listening to because I know she does listen to the shows, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind me. I won't name her, but I'm sure right. she won't mind me using this as an example because it's a common example. Uh -huh. So what she's done is she's cut off from this, this narcissist, and what he, he got under the radar a few times, and I love you, and, and you know, and they can be huge on that level, I love you, and whatever it takes. So she came back in, then what he did, they were like back together and hanging out and, you know, putting it all, and then what he did was came out with this really immature, disgusting insult, which wow. she jumped up at, and he was like, get out, I want nothing to do with you. So he did the pull in oh, and then discard. 
Then yeah. yeah, we've all been through that. And then she did she did the normal reaction with fifty phone calls, you know, to, mm. to try and get some sort of closure or reason or something that made sense. Yeah. Then she got herself back together and went back to no contact. Now, what he's doing is he's sending her these ridiculous uh, text messages. So he'll take a photo of a random something and send it. He'll send a funny. Like, he sent. And we're in, we're in session. We're on the phone in session. And he sent her a text, which is, it was early in the morning, her time. And it was, get your hands um, out of from Dan Unicus. Oh my like, god! It's just crazy, wow. crazy, random texts oh. that mean nothing or everything oh. or whatever. Oh my god! Just to try and hook. Wow! You know, oh, yeah, things that you would go. Why would a normal human being do that? Why would a normal, you know, and this no. is so much about it, it doesn't make sense because it's not normal behaviour. Like a normal, let's say, you know, a guy and a girl broke up and they had a misunderstanding and if there was caring, he would be going, look, are you all right? Do you want to talk? Let's go out to lunch. Let's see what we can do about this. Not, right. have you got your hand down your knickers? Right. That's just, uh right. <laughs> and she was in hysterics. She was actually laughing her head off. Oh, God. Like, he's a nutbag. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. goes to show how crazy they are. They'll do anything, yeah. For, yeah. anything for attention. Wow. Yes. Absolutely anything. So, you know, when we, like, I know, it's funny. She was in hysterics. We're both in hysterics. And, uh, you know, which is good because she's at that stage where, oh, my God, this is just laughable. Right. You, know? you have to have some um, relief. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. You do. You do. You do. And, look, I guess what I wanted to do today in this show, too, is I wanted to draw some definitions. Okay. okay, so because, yeah, yeah, because look, the thing is, you know, and I'm big on this, and I know that, you know, you're, you're really feeling this too, but there's so much about the narcissistic experience, which, and this is about any law of attraction or any self-development or any empowering ourselves, where we come back to ourselves and we go, okay, well, look, what were the gaps in me that, you know, everything happens for a reason, what were the gaps in me that has created this, why have I sustained it, mm -hmm. why didn't I walk away, we know it's powerful, we know it's a lot of psychological abuse, we know all of those sorts of things. But you know there are ways that we can look at ourselves and we can really, really take some responsibility about what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Now look, I know, um, I know I did go through a period with a narcissistic thing. I really questioned myself. I actually questioned myself a lot when I got out of it. I questioned myself um, and really dug into it on the levels of codependency and also on the levels of where am I narcissistic? Because I know when I was in my 20s, and I freely admit this, I was very um, insecure. Mm -hmm. I was very self-absorbed. I was absolutely out for Melanie in a lot of ways, especially in relationships. Uh -huh. And I know that, you know, luckily for men, I guess I was a girl and they were a guy. And I think guys are, can be a lot more sensible about this. Uh -huh. You know, when I started getting jealous and demanding and controlling, men would dump me. They would go, this okay. is just too high maintenance. <laughs> this is doing my head in. I uh -huh. don't need this crap. Right. You know, so... Luckily for me, being a female, you know, I got dumped a lot and then I started to really wake up and go, hang on, there's a common denominator here. They're not just um, abandoners or, you know, guys that are just horrible guys. I am treating them really badly and I need to wake up to myself. And I did a lot of work around that and a lot of work on being jealous and insecure and controlling and all of that sort of thing. You know, and when I got... When I uh, got into my high-level narcissistic relationship, absolutely I've moved past that stuff. I'd really realized that if I was going to be insecure and jealous, I was going to get what I feared, which was people leaving me for other people. I was going to push right. them away. Right. Nobody could sustain that with me. So I'd really taken responsibility and done a lot of self-development on myself and a lot of work on myself. And, you know, when I came out of the narcissistic relationship and then started working with a lot of women, I realized that there can be an aspect of us that, you know, can be a little bit controlling, a little bit over-functioning, a little bit trying to fix it, trying to monitor it, trying to work it, trying to... 
But I guess what I was, tra- and I was definitely like that. I was an over-functioning analytical person that was always trying to control my environment because I was too fearful to just let it be. Okay. And that was my insecurities, mm-hmm. you know. And then after coming out of that, what I really uh, was looking for, what makes me different from a narcissist? Why, okay, I absolutely, 100% in my 20s, acted in ways that were narcissistic. And I will always admit that. Mm -hmm. And it's really um, very healing for me to admit that. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted to see, well, okay, how come, you know, I have got empathy, I do love, I do... And I looked back at all of that stuff and I thought, you know, even when I was like that, I know I had empathy. Mm-hmm. I know I had empathy. I guess right. when I looked right. at men, uh, yeah, when I looked at like men being the enemies and I was in fear, I didn't have empathy for them. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to have that and I really do have that now. I think there's great guys out there that deserve empathy and men can be beautiful, beautiful species. Mm-hmm. You know, but I had empathy. I did have empathy yeah. Yeah. for children, for animals. Um, I, I had a love and, you know, like I could see things on TV and I'd cry because I fell for people. Right. I know I had empathy. And I also know I had a conscience. I know that I, and look, in relationships at times, I did not have a conscience back then. But I know I had a functioning conscience. Right. There were things in the world that I respected um, I didn't want to do the wrong thing mm-hmm. and, you know, and I had a high level conscience even from an early age. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess what I'm trying to say is, is when we are questioning our stuff, which is, can, at first of all, it's very confronting, it's very frightening, but then it's incredibly healing to do that. And, and I think the difference is, you know, and like I've had some men come forward and go, well, look, you know, I know I've been abusive, I know I've been that, I know I've been this. Now, I've done some very limited work with NPDs mm-hmm. that absolutely do not have functioning empathy and conscience. They do not, and I've right. discovered that. And I've also worked with men that, look, maybe they were abused as kids. Maybe they had their stuff as kids. We've all had stuff. But these men that are healing and taking responsibility, one, they are taking full responsibility, two, they have got an empathy and they have got a conscience. Right. And that absolutely does not make them NPD. Would you agree with that? I agree. In my opinion, the key indicator of a narcissist, one of the biggest indicators is lack of empathy. I think yes. that, that, that you can have a lot of the tendencies you can... Uh, I think vanity is is one of the one of the tendencies of narcissism that is not as dangerous yep. as some of the others. I think that you know there's a lot of different tendencies you can have along the narcissistic spectrum. I think the key indicator, the biggest one for me, if I were only able to test one thing in a person, it would be empathy, and that I think is what determines whether someone is a narcissist or not. I agree. And you know what? I remember, I remember, I remember one night when I was 10 pin bowling with my ex-N, we were in a team. Uh-huh. And I remember this guy dislocated his fingers and was screaming in agony after throwing a ball oh. the wrong way. Oh, God. And I, and it was, and I was like, and I looked at my ex-N because I knew that he was strong and he put people's fingers back in on the working sites and building sites and stuff like that. And I said to him, help him. Because right. I could feel it. I could feel this guy's agony. Right. And he looked at me like I was some ridiculous idiot. Really? He looked at me with this blank look and he goes, I'm not going to help him. Oh, there was no empathy. None. Wow. None. Wow. And I remember that went through me like a bolt of lightning and I thought, you literally are disgusted by the thought of getting involved. Right. Oh, yeah. They couldn't be bothered. Well, I have a list of, um, you know, the other key question I think is the lack of empathy and when, when, when the needs of others exhaust them. <laughs> When they can't be bothered with the needs of others, I think that's a very big indicator. I call it being kicked when you were down. 
because I noticed with my Anne, if I'd have had a problem at work or if something had happened, you know, and and I'm a strong, independent person. It takes a lot to get me, you know, and I would come home, how's your day, and I'd start, and you could see the disgust, the distaste, and also the anger. And then he would actually start beating me up on that very topic. He wow. would use it to, to, to take me lower. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they and don't use narcissistic characteristic. Oh, I think it's I think it's a big one. I, I think that they just don't have that ability to feel for others. The only the only feelings that a narcissist has are those primal gut instincts that we're born with, the the fear and the rage. Any other feeling that makes us uniquely human that takes time and a healthy upbringing to develop, they don't develop. They are stuck at age five. They don't develop love. They don't develop compassion or empathy. And they literally don't have the ability to feel those things. They are – that's why I I, I sometimes don't even think they're they're, – the things that make us uniquely human, the feelings that we have that make us uniquely human, they don't possess They're very primal, you know, they're very primal. I actually read something not that long ago when I was doing a little bit more research about, and it was a scientist's view that to actually get a narcissist healed and to be feeling uh, those feelings of compassion and empathy, that they would have to be monitored, they would have to be isolated without any form of narcissistic supply, any defense mechanisms, and they would have to be stimulated with compassion and empathy response through their neuropathways for months on, months on end without any distractions to actually get those neuropathways that are completely numb to work. Isn't that interesting? It's so much a part I of... Agree. I I Yeah, I do too. And it, it is so much a part of how... You know, I read a book recently, I don't know if uh, the male brain, there's also the female brain, and, and it was fascinating because it talked about how just our brains are wired so differently as it is. But I I think that, that with narcissists, yeah, I mean, they, they they have, this is a personality disorder. They, you know, their emotional growth was stunted at about age five. This is not something that... Uh, can just be easily fixed. Most narcissists, you know, even first, a lot of them don't even want to change because it works for them. And if they did want to change, it's almost impossible to change because of how hardwired it is into them and how it is so much of a personality disorder. And uh, I I just, I I don't know if you've heard of, there's a couple, her name is um, Kim Cooper, and I can't think of his name. Oh, it just yep. kills me because they try to talk about how you can actually cure narcissism, and I, I disagree vehemently, but we won't get into that. <laughs> well, there's actually a lot of sort of um, information under the radar that, uh, you know, he's not cured. But yeah. Oh, know. really? Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm yeah, sure he's not. I mean, it's under the radar. Who knows? But yeah. Look, yeah. I agree with you. And look... You know, if we want to look at it physiologically, and I love getting into the physiological neuropeptides and all that sort of mm. stuff, all the energetic physiological yeah. stuff, because it gives us real-life basis and scientific basis. Right. If you look at those neuropathways in the brain, that you know, the areas of the brain that work with empathy and conscience mm-hmm. and, and genuine love, mm-hmm. you know, if they're dead, if they're numb, mm-hmm. if they don't work, Right. What does it take to make them work? Right. And I agree with this analogy mm-hmm. that you would have to stimulate those neuro pathways in the brain wow. to get them to catch up to even function. I, so I, that's, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, it, wow. And, and where is that possible? Where are there clinics that do that? You know. Right. That, right. Even get a narcissist to be committed to do that, you know. Right. Well, for a lot yeah, of them, they it, think, they think it works for them. They're, they're, they're maybe not necessarily happy, but a lot of them can be quite successful in business and in other areas and think, you know, don't really have a problem with their behavior. <laughs> so they're not going to seek help. Well, you know, look, it's interesting the ones that have come forward to me. They've, you know, they've absolutely been like those supply junkies. 
yeah. where they've said, you know, I get up in the morning and I'm empty and I'm dead and I feel like this big black hole and I know I've got to get the suit on, I've got to get in the fancy car, I've got to get out there, I've got to get supply. Wow. They know that. Really? And it's a horrible, yes. horrible way to live, you that know. Is, is and I think thing. traditionally... Traditionally, you know, narcissists, when they get older, when they haven't got that charisma, they haven't got that energy, they haven't got their looks, they haven't got, you know, I, I really believe most of them end up on the scrap heap. I really do. Really? Wow. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I really do. Because, well, you know, know, it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of effort to be in unauthentic living. And oh, it's okay. false. And whatever's false eventually has got to meet its maker because if it's not real, it's not going to hold. Right. And that's why so many of them, you know, they'll hit the height, then they'll crash again, they'll lose it, they'll do it again. There are so many high-level narcissists that may appear as functioning that are completely doing spirals in their life constantly. Oh, lost right. gain, lost gain, you know. Yes, exactly, yeah. So who'd want to live like that? Oh no, no! You know? It's a roller coaster, and to to try to be in a relationship with one is is a roller coaster in and of itself, and you got to get off. You just it's not healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's because I want to do some some comparisons between uh-huh. you know the narcissist and the codependent, and my definition of codependent, which I absolutely was a codependent, is. And it's all of it to an extent. It's whenever we are looking for our sense of self outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So whether that be through like, and unfortunately our society is modelled for us to be codependent like it's modelled for the narcissist. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, for all of us, we were never really brought up to go, well, look, you know, my sense of my value and my worth just is. I am unconditionally lovable and acceptable for who I am. All of us thought, I've got to get the right partner. I've got to get love through somebody else. I've got to get, um, you know, my identity or myself through through uh, my job or my work or my accomplishments or all of those sorts of things. Now, the scary thing about all of that is, is anything outside of ourselves is never permanent and it's never predictable. So for women, yeah. you know... And I know I was like this with relationships. You know, I only felt lovable when I was being loved by somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I didn't know how to love myself. Right, right. I think uh, that, uh, you know, I know I did that for many years, just wanting to, feeling that I needed to be in a relationship in order to feel okay. And that exactly. if I wasn't, there was something wrong with me. And I do agree that we're socialized and brought up in, in this culture to believe that, we should be with somebody, and, you know, if we're not, there's an issue. And, you know, I I think that there needs to be so much more work on exploring and embracing the individual self and spending time with the self and loving the self. I mean, we we don't, I don't think we focus enough on that because we're just, yeah. like, yeah. I think you need to have And, you know, that's, and that's, so what I do in my work, you know, because it's it's law of attraction and it's self-development based is yeah. that the only way to get the outside world to reciprocate you is to be it on an inner level yourself first mm-hmm. because it's just a pure law of attraction, so within, so without. So if you I want believe, to be loved... Right, I believe, loved, I believe energy, yeah. I, I believe energy is so powerful and I, I feel energy when from people and I, I, I think that... When there's positive energy, you're you're going to be drawn to that person, and and when there's negative energy, you know, hopefully you'll sense that and and be repelled. The problem with a narcissist is they're con artists, and they don't they don't present themselves authentically, as we would yeah. hope most people do, and because of that, we are easily manipulated, and um, that's that's where it really it makes yeah. it hard because they are such brilliant con artists. <laughs> but you, can, you know what? When we go to a deeper, deeper sense of this, mm-hmm. when we are an authentic self, mm-hmm. we're not a vibrational match for a false self. We really aren't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've even, like with some of the work that I've done and the conversations I've had with narcissists, 
they know who to go to. If someone is in their power and in their authentic self and it's got... Look, narcissists will go where there's a lot to mine, absolutely. What they'll go for is usually a woman that's got stuff. She's usually a woman who's got her act together because he certainly hasn't and he's looking for somebody that has. And she will be a woman that will give and give and give and give and give. Now, the narcissist, and I do believe this, if somebody's got really good boundary function and a really good sense of self and is not looking to be loved and glorified to feel good about themselves, narcissists will move on. They will go for somebody that's more of the model of what a lot of women are. And I know I was is, okay, I was independent, I was strong, I had money, I had property, I had all of those sorts of things. But really, you know, did I feel like I authentically loved myself? I was hanging out to be loved. I was hanging out for somebody to come along and love me. I had a lot of uh, self-esteem, I guess, in the outer world, but my self-worth and my self-value was actually quite low. Well, I think that's why they say, you know, it always, I think that's why they say, you know, it always you always find love when you're not looking for it because when you're comfortable in yourself and you're not looking, you know, it it, it does happen. And when when you are, I just think that you know, and a lot of us are. And you know, when we when we are doing that, people take advantage of us, and that's exactly. what I think happens with the narcissist is they they yep. pick up on things and they take advantage of those people that that are looking for that. They are very psychically in tune. Narcissists are incredible intuitives. They feel they know. It doesn't take them long to work anybody out. They've been operating on that level from a very young age. Yeah. So they will sense you and they do sense you. And anybody that's been hooked on a narcissist, you would know those psychic links. You feel them. Mm-hmm. It's like they're right under your skin and they get under your skin very, very, very quickly. So, you know, if we're empty, we are going to draw people that are empty. There is nothing more empty than the narcissist because he is empty. So, you know, this is like part of the correlations that we can look at from the codependent and the narcissist because, you know, when I've started working with some people and they've wanted to know more about narcissists and I've said, well, you know, these people feel empty, they feel dead if they don't have outside supply. And, and absolutely, a lot of these codependents have said, well, I feel like that. And I'm like, well, yes, as a codependent, you can. You know, as a codependent, you can feel like I always need company, I always need the TV on, I don't want to be alone in my own thoughts. It's too painful, it's too sad, it's too yeah, yeah, that's I, don't, I, I, I have to comment on that. It's funny. I've heard single people say that a lot, that they get home and they turn the TV on right away or music on because they don't want to feel like they're alone. I love yeah. having my house completely quiet. I mean, I love music. But I yeah, 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 yeah. I I don't know. I I I don't know. It's just a side thought. I'm with you on this. I'm with you on this, you know, because I probably never felt it to that level. But I do know that a lot of women and men, but a lot of women that are not narcissists can absolutely feel that dead numb feeling with being alone. And, you know, really what that's calling out for is work on yourself. Women, so we've all been conditioned not to focus on ourselves, to focus right. on everything else and to give yeah. to everything else. So if you've been brought up with that, and especially a lot of women from very ethnic backgrounds, I've found that this is very, very consistent, mm-hmm. that they're always doing, they're always busy. Their value lies on how much I'm giving to other people constantly. Now, another difference between a narcissist and a codependent a codependent is often giving to get love, right? A narcissist is giving to get supply. He's giving so that you go, oh, my God, aren't you fantastic and amazing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Aren't you wonderful? Aren't you the most incredible, smart, intelligent human being I know? You're so capable. You're so creative, blah, blah, blah. A codependent isn't giving for that. A codependent is giving so that they get a hug, that they get support, so that they get love, so that they get... You know, because the codependent hasn't fully learnt to love themselves and realise that when I supply myself and I fill myself, then I become an attraction force that will automatically attract more of the same. Mm. And that's, you know, the difference. And that's the woman, the martyr. The martyr is very much, you know, a lot of women can be like that. 
give, give, give to get. If I could just, you know, if I could just do more, if I could do better dinners, if I could, you know, put on a sexier dress, if I could lose five pounds, if I could, you know, help him more with his business, he'd love me more. He'd love me more. That's a classic thing of the codependent, you know. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's really important that if you've got a narcissist twisting it back in your face and saying, well, you're a narcissist, or even if, you know, you're wondering if there's something really horribly wrong with you, okay, you may have, which we have all have, you know, that sense of not being our source to ourselves, which is really the goal, you know, because then life is going to provide you with more healthy supplies of what you already are. But if you're not a source to yourself... You may think, oh, my God, I'm broken, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other. Well, no, you're just a normal human who never learnt how to be. But the beautiful thing is there is so much hope for you and so much recovery and such a beautiful life ahead because you do have empathy and conscience. And if you can develop you being a source to yourself and feeling yourself where you're no longer needy, you know, and, and the narcissist is needy because he needs supply like heroin. He needs it. Otherwise, right. he's dead. Yeah. Now, he's yeah. got no way of being alive without supply because he doesn't have the functionality to do that. Right. You do have the functionality to do that. Right. You know, so the more that you become your own source, the less needy you're going to be on other people. And, and, you know, like I worked with a lady last night and she's in a relationship that's nearly breaking up. And he's not a narcissist, but she's very needy. You know, well, I want, I, you know, um, everybody else comes first. Everybody else comes first. Now, she had a dad who was never there, and she had a mum that was always busy working. So she grew up as a young child feeling totally abandoned. Everything else comes before me. Right. And she's just recreating these patterns in relationships of everything comes before me. Now, her jumping up and down and saying, I'm not happy with this, your kids come first, your work comes first, is only pushing him away. It's never going to change until she takes responsibility for changing her feelings and her charges and her inner programs. And once she starts giving back to herself and is no longer needy, this man is going to move into her space and start supplying more of the same, easily. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's a good point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think it's just, um, I think, you know, no matter how empty we've been or we've, we haven't been that source or we've wanted that outside supply um, of love, not the supply like a narcissist needs supply, you know, and when we really heal that, you can have a beautiful life. You can have a life where you feel really good and full and Everything starts falling into place for you. Whereas with the narcissist, that is never going to be his reality. It, it right. just, unfortunately for them, sadly for them, mm-hmm. they're never going to get there. Mm-mm. They can't. No, no, they're incapable of it. And, and, you know, you just, you have to accept that. And you have to ask yourself, you know, if you're, if you're comfortable accepting what, Limited, limited, you know, what he has to offer, or if you want to move on. And I think all of us deserve more. I don't think anyone deserves to be in a relationship with someone that's incapable of loving you. It's just yeah. that they're, they're, they're controlling and, and manipulative. I think they, I think, I think they're easy to fall for. I think anyone can fall for them because they're so charismatic and there's a energy about them that really pulls you in you were talking about that earlier i really think that there's an energy about them that is very powerful for so it's um, then i think there's that safeguard that women can do and you know i'm really big on this about taking any new relationship slowly yeah that helps great way to do it you know because no narcissist is going to hang out for a period of weeks getting to know you on a respectful friendship, leading up, pre-dating I call it, mm-hmm. pre-dating. When you're pre-dating somebody and getting to know their character, a narcissist is not going to hang in with pre-dating. He's going to want it to go to the next level or he's going to move on. Yeah, and, then, and the next level meaning having some type of control, not necessarily intimacy. I think that they can wait and be patient. My ex-husband did that, but um, they need to feel that they have immediate control 
very quickly. Like if you're not answering the phone after the second date, whenever they call and responding to them, they're going to be upset. Yep. So, yeah, they need to move And you know what? That. If you're a healthy woman in your power, you're not going to stand for that. Mm-hmm. You're going to go, well, that well, is not mature I, adult behavior. I think that there's two paths you can look at that, though. I think some of us, I know I felt flattered by it. I actually liked that he was, you know, couldn't live without me as I thought. <laughs> and so it so did I. Yeah, I but mean, you know, I both die, but that's <laughs> not healthy, and mature. So you know, go somebody who's cracking it and stamping their feet mm-hmm. is because he loves me. Mm-hmm. It's not, mm-hmm. you know. And I do yeah. know, I do know women. I know women categorically that in both my narcissistic relationships, when I would describe things to them, would look at me as if, "What are you doing there?" And that's even at the beginning. Yeah. And they'd go, "You know, are you sure something's not wrong?" You know. And I know these women would not put up with that, hmm. you know. But but they're, they're lucky. They had that sort of conditioning and understanding. And those women actually had mothers that really brought them up to respect themselves and to really, you know, not always put men first and the man's always right because that was my programming. That was my conditioning. Yes, you know, you go along I, with men. Men are right. Yeah. No, I mean, I respect your opinion on that, but I just, I feel that, I don't know, I just feel that that they're very easy to fall for, and I was raised, you know, I had a great upbringing and totally, you know, don't, never felt like I had to put a man first, but I I fell for him hard and fast, and I don't know if it was part of my naivety or what, but I think that they're very easy to fall for, and I think that they can really draw anyone in. I think it's that's why I think it's so important that we build awareness on it, and you know, because I, I think anyone is susceptible to it. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I respect your opinion too, but I think the one thing that we definitely would agree on, I think the awareness is very, very important, so that you know, if you, because yeah, you you do, you feel an amazing connection with them, and you do, but you know, look, if, if you can have that awareness, you can keep your conscious mind on. You know, and not fall into that 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 uh, you know that beautiful vulnerability of what lo- real love is, right? Know? And you yeah. can be conscious about it and really ascertain it from a conscious level as you go, so that you right. can see the warning signs mm-hmm. because the warning signs are there. Mm-hmm. And if you're too much in that vulnerability, feminine love space, which is a beautiful space, mm-hmm. you know, you can miss it. Or you can rationalize it away. Or as you said, I did exactly the same thing. I thought, oh, my God, it's because he is so connected to me. He adores me. That's how right. I took it. Right. Well, yeah. we like to feel needed. Women like to feel needed. <laughs> and and, and, and do you know what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the stuff that I like to clean up because, you know, I think any neediness can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, oh, neediness in a man. Yeah, no, I'm now, I now have very little tolerance for neediness in a man. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I have very little tolerance for it. Women. What's as, that? as women, of mm-hmm. course, we need to be loved, but mm-hmm. I would prefer to say it as we would want to be loved, mm-hmm. because you know that love. Mm-hmm. Our first responsibility is to give that to ourselves. Right, right. And then we don't need to be loved. We enjoy being loved. We want to share our heart. We don't want to give it. Right, exactly. We want to, yeah, we want to share and receive what we already have. Right, right. That's healthy love. That's not codependent love. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. As soon as anybody needs anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, that's codependent and mesh love. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Though. Enough. You know, we're we're there's so many there's so many clichés out there and so many love stories and so many movies about, you know, that that actually do socialize us to believe that, you know, you should it, like real love is is falling so hard for someone you can't live without them and you you know, <laughs> it, there's a lot of conflicting messages out there and I think that um yeah. it it takes a it takes a while to kind of weed through and figure out what healthy love is, and it's different for every person. Yeah. But, you know, I do agree with you. I think that, y- y- 
you have to be, you know, love yourself before you can love anyone else because otherwise it is it isn't a healthy love. It's just a, a love out of out of need. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then if we are needy, well they become our drug supplier. Mm-hmm. They become, you know, well, I need you. I need you to love me. I need you to validate me. I need you to support me. And I think that's one of the massive hooks with narcissism is because you just can't get that. Or when you do get it, it's like in this idolized, amazing version that was just the most incredible thing you could ever imagine. And then you get cut off from it. And you're constantly trying to hang on and get back to, you know, that that hit of that love and that support and that validation where you're clearly getting the exact opposite. And, And the whole healing message out of all of this is to pull away and to give those things to yourself. Right. So that when you've got it on an authentic level, mm-hmm. then you've got the best possible opportunity of then co-creating that with another human being that has got the resources to be authentic on that level with you. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's well put, well said. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's love. That's real love, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And then it can be unconditional. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, like the whole New Age movement about unconditional love really originally was like, well, you know, this is my karmic path, this is my responsibility, this is my duty, and I'm going to let somebody kick the crap out of me while I keep loving them. You know, that was what people thought unconditional love was. That's what I thought um, a vow, a commitment meant. Yeah. But unconditional love is about loving yourself first. And when you actually unconditionally love yourself, you will support yourself, you'll respect yourself, you'll create boundaries with yourself. Right. You won't accept abuse. Mm-mm. But then you also can un- truly unconditionally love another, which means I allow you to be who you are and I can give and receive love from you. But in that, I make a choice as into who I am in relation to that. So, you know, let's say you're a narcissistic uh, you know, creature and you're off the charts and you're highly abusive, well, you know what, I can allow you to be that, but my unconditional love to myself means I don't have to change you, but I also know that this isn't valid for me. So I can okay. let you go and allow you to be that, but this just isn't my truth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and that's ultimately, you know, what we want to help people recognizes when they are when they are in a relationship with a narcissist that is sucking them dry and that you know is not working for them that they need to take back control and they need to reclaim their life and we have a right to do that you know we we have every right to do that and and we shouldn't you know the mentality you said of the past of sacrificing and staying in relationships because you know that's what what you're supposed to do it's it it shouldn't be about that it should be mutual respect you should be a team and you should help and support one another and and that's that's the point of being together if you've got one person that's doing all the taking and the other person's doing all the giving that's not a team that's that's i don't know what that is but it doesn't work for me (laughs) well that's true and i tell you what narcissists certainly do not do teamwork that becomes very very apparent no they don't they do not do teamwork they want you to do everything Everything is about them. Every goal that they want to make as a family or as a couple is about them. I remember my dad said to me once, and it was interesting because it was my my uh, first serious relationship after my divorce, and I thought, oh, I'll never date another narcissist. I know how to avoid them, and you know, I got sucked in real fast right away. And it's actually the second character in my book that I write about. But I remember my dad said to me. And he's he's man of few words, so when he does say something, people really listen. And he said, you know, the point of being in a relationship is to be to be teammates. And my parents are, are happily married and, and still very much in love. And he said to me, the point is to be a team and to, and to be supportive of one another and to help each other meet your individual and your team goals and to, to, you know, just be a support for one another. And if one person isn't doing that, what's the point of the relationship? 
Spot on. Very wise words. Oh my God, it was so. That's what they need to see. He's a man of few words, but when he says something, it's like wow. And that's all he said. And it was like boom. I knew. I'm like I cannot stay with this man because he did the man I was with. Literally, it was not only did he not support any of my goals or anything that I wanted to do, but it got so bad because he was such a manipulative man that I literally feel as though, and I'm sure you can relate to this, any opinion I had or any goal that I did voice, he would purposely choose the opposite just to drive me crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the narcissist also, too. You know, anything that gives you energy or happiness or attention outside of him, he's going to really try and damage that. Yes, He doesn't want to see you getting anything off another source. No, they don't. They don't like that at all. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. Yeah. And that's, and you know, look, and that's, I guess, another difference between the codependent and the narcissist. Uh Codependents are usually generally really loving, giving people. Right. They really love to see people, um, you know, and I know even when I was a rotter back in my 20s, I was always so happy for my girlfriends and people I cared about. And that was very genuine. Mm -hmm. You know, I love to see them happy. I certainly didn't suffer from that pathological envy right. that narcissists do mm-hmm. where they hate other people getting happiness. Right, right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, they have an issue with that. They don't want to see, they, they, they cringe when they see you happy. And that's, yeah, it's just, it's interesting when you look at, it, it, when my dad said it to me like that, it just made me realize, yeah, what is the point? Why am I in this relationship? I don't need this. I don't need to be in a relationship with someone that, you know, is is absolutely contributing nothing to uh, yeah. any joint or personal goals and doing nothing but taking. Why Why do I need that? Just to be in a relationship? No, yeah. I don't. So. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely not. We've just got, we've got three minutes. We'll just do this really quickly. We've got a caller, okay? Oh, great. So let's just pick up. Okay. Hello, are you there? Hello, are you there? Melanie, Lisa, how are you doing? Hello, are you there? Hi, hey, how are you great, going? Great. We've only got a couple of minutes. You're going hey, to be really, really, really quick. Listen, right. I just believe well, you gotta, you got to look into the mirror, look and say you love yourself. Because if you don't, nobody else will. Yeah. Yay. I totally agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Sometimes Absolutely. you just got to, yeah. you know, there's... You know, there's something called narcissism, but there's something called, you know, respect and love and, and yeah. cherishing oneself. And yeah. and Melanie and, and Lisa, I'm just so glad. <laughs> I'm just so glad there's a radio station for, you know, people coming out and, and spreading love. <laughs> spreading love and spreading joy. Yeah, thank you. Aww. Well, that's yeah. what it's all about. And that's where we all want to be, and that's what's going to make a happy planet, you know? Yeah. Just keep um, on. You know what I say? Okay. Keep on smiling. You know what Aww. I say? Keep on smiling. <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. you. Thank you for your contribution. Thank oh, you. Well, uh, Thank you so much. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> oh, we lost him. Yeah, that okay. Was oh, that was nice. Very, very true. You yeah, know, it's and it's so simple. true. And when we do love ourselves, you know, we no longer have to put up with stuff. We don't. We go, no. you know what? I love myself enough right. to not do this. Right. Yeah. Right. Worth more than this. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so hopefully this show, I think our show's always, you know, we always get really good feedback because people, you know, it's such a, uh, narcissism is such a big thing to unravel. It is. And, you know, it's and complex. Straight on. Mm-hmm. I really hope this has helped people go, well, you know, like if I do feel some of these things the narcissists do, you know, to understand the differences and to understand that, you know, the narcissist can never actually fill himself and become a source to himself. Unfortunately, he just doesn't have neuropathways that are going to do that. You know, they can't unconditionally love and accept themselves. They just cannot do it. No. You know, but we can, and uh, no matter how empty or broken or, or destroyed or destroyed you felt that you know you do have the capacity to genuinely feel that love and that acceptance and and really start radiating that out into the world and receiving it back and knowing that you just don't have to play with stuff that damages you anymore there's 
And you know why we don't have to? Because there is so much available other than that. Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I hope that helps. And thanks, Lisa. For oh, thanks, Mel. No. I always enjoy talking to you. Thanks for having me on. Beautiful. And we'll be thinking about what we're going to do next month. Yes, definitely. I look forward to it. Come up with something. All right, darling. And bye-bye, okay, Lisa. Okay, bye-bye. And bye-bye thanks, everyone. everyone. Okay, bye-bye, everyone, and I'll look forward to uh, next week's show with you. Okay, have a great day. Bye-bye.